Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Amen. All right. Hey, let's, uh, is before we get into the word, let's, let's take a moment and just honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings. Uh, I want to give you just a, a quick, quick uh, update uh, today. You know, we launched the, the Cape Coral campus a little over a year ago. And in, in the last, uh, really, Pastor Phil, what did you say, three months? We've seen just the, the, the base giving take a huge jump. And God is moving in Cape Coral and, and just in a way that, that is just, it's just miraculous. You know, to start a campus and get eight weeks in and then have to shut it down. And really not shut it down, but, but for them, they had to go all online like we did, but they didn't really know we, we had just started. So they, were, they weren't as familiar as, as we were with, you know, the, the home church here in Estero. And so it was something that we just said, okay, Lord, we know that, that your timing is right. And we know that we trusted you. We know that we obey you. And so we're going to continue to do that. And so I just want to update you on just the culture that, that God has established here to, of a generous house that is able to step into every open door that he presents to them, that that hasn't just stayed here, that that has gone and we're seeing that grow in Cape Coral. So I want to update with you with that as we give tonight. There are a number of, of ways that you can give. Uh, there's an offering envelope in the seat back in front of you. You can give online. You can give through the, the church app, but regardless which way, which method you are giving, let's make it a moment of worship. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for, God, it's the culture of Jesus that is a generous culture. It's your culture, your heart, Lord, that, that lives in a way that recognizes that everything that we have is from the Father. And so, Lord, we are, are simply in a place Lord, to steward what you've given us. Lord, to be available, to be sensitive, to walk in obedience to you. And so, to, Lord, today we say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. We worship you. We praise you in our tithes and our offerings. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to get into the Word today? Amen. All right, stand up on your feet before you get comfortable. Come on. We're going to have a good time today. Um, we are going to, to go at it just a little different. You know, usually we'll read a verse when we begin. Today, we are going to start our series, God's Dream, and we're going to memorize a verse together. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little, little pointers on how to memorize Scripture. You say the reference first, then you say the Scripture, then you say the reference again. So we're going to go through it a few times, all right? So we're going to memorize a verse from Psalms chapter 105. Can you say Psalms 105? Verse 19. All right, here we go. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Psalm 105, verse 19. All right, I see you looking up there. That's fine. It's going to go away in just a minute. We'll go through it one more time, and then we'll pull it away. Psalms 105, verse 19. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Psalm 105, 
verse 19. All right, you're ready. You are ready. You came in primed. You are ready online. I know you're ready. All right, guys, don't let it be on the screen. Take it off the screen. Here we go. We're just going to say it together. Psalms 105, verse 19. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Psalms 105, verse 19. Come on, give yourselves a hand. You nailed it. Somebody had their Wheaties today. Let's go. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the dreams that you have. God, I pray tonight as we look at your word that you would fill these moments. Lord, fill these moments with your Holy Spirit. Fill these moments, Lord, that dreams that are from you that have been laid aside would be picked back up again. Lord, would you breathe life in our hearts today? Breathe life into every heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I, I want to tell you about a, a dream that I had growing up that, that I believed very strongly in. And we're, we're going to talk about dreams, and this is a series that we'll be in for the next seven weeks. And so we're going to spend some time in this, and there, there's a couple of ways that, that I want us to just really engage in what the Lord's saying to us. Um, this is something that, that I want your expectation to be as we go into this series, that God is going to stir up dreams in you. He's going to stir desires up in you, things that, that you may have thought, I don't know that I can do that. I think that my time may have passed, and, and maybe I could have approached that when I was younger, or maybe I could have approached that if I was wiser. God's going to stir you up in a way that you're going to see and have faith for Him to move in your life to see dreams come to pass again. Um, one of the dreams that I had growing up was that, that I was going to play basketball in the NBA. And, uh, and I don't know why, Pastor Phil, amen, and everybody else laughed. I don't know. It's a little confusing. So, uh, but one of the things I saw, I grew up in, in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s when Michael Jordan, who is unquestionably the GOAT, uh, was, was running things in the NBA. And I saw NBC was the, the broadcast network that had rights for the NBA games. They, they broadcast all the playoff games. And one of the things that they would do is they would have like their junior high jerseys of like the NBA stars. And the opener would, would, would start and the camera would pan and they'd have their jerseys lined out. And so I immediately knew, well, I got to keep my jerseys. <laughs> and so this is seventh grade, Hutch Tigers, number five, that's right. And my coach, Mr. Crosby, he kept trying to chase me down saying, Josh, I need that uniform back for the kids next year. And I just avoided him successfully so that you get to see it today. So there's that. There's my, and then, and I'm sorry, I have to show you this. This is seventh grade. Look at that. That's child abuse on a certain level. I kept my jersey. And look, I'm a, I'm a rule follower. That, that's my personality. I'm a rule follower. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't like to break rules. I like to stay in line. That's just kind of how God made me. And so there was something about that dream that made me say, I, I don't care about the rules. 
I need that for my dream. And that's from God. God did something in the, the, this way that he made us. And when he puts dreams in our hearts, there's something about them that take us out of rational thinking in a wonderful way. It's of him. He, he stirs something in our hearts to say, like, I'm, I'm going to allow you to see beyond your current circumstances. I'm going I'm to allow you to see beyond the limitations that surround you right now. And we want to feed that in you. I want, I want it to be stirred up. The Holy Spirit wants to stir up dreams in you. You know, earlier, Pastor Brandon, he, he, he quoted from the book of Acts. And when Peter said, in the last days... I will pour out my spirit. He's speaking from the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Young men will see visions and old men will dream. And so the, the wonderful thing about God is that there is no limitation on the dreams that he has for you. I love that with the verse that we see here in Psalms 105, verse 19, it says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams plural. You know, Psalms chapter 40, verse 5, David is worshiping the Lord and he says these words. He says, you, you, your plans, plural, your plans for us are too numerous to list. Lord, my God, you perform many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. I, I want your hearts to, to be aware today that there are dreams that God wants to bring to life in you. God gives dreams. God is the one that sees us and he says, hey, I'm going to put something in your heart and you're going to discover it. It's going to be in line with certain wiring that you have. It's going to be in line with the way that I've created you, with the gifts, the talents, the abilities and I'm going to put something in you that, that you are going to have a loss of rational thinking as you go after that dream. And that's okay. It's of Him. God gives dreams. I, I want you to, to settle that in your heart, that if you're in a place right now where you say, I, I don't have any dreams. I don't, I don't have anything. I cannot see beyond my present circumstances. The Holy Spirit wants you to know He has a dream for you. You want to know how you receive a dream and how you know a dream that God has for you? You talk to Him. You begin to open your heart to Him. He wants to speak to you. You know... In taking communion today, one of the things that, that we know is that the barrier between God and man has been lifted in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so you and I now have access to talk. And Jesus said, no longer, no longer do we have this, this way of approaching each other and communicating with each other that is this tradition and we have to go the, through the formalities of sacrifice and the law and all these things. No longer. Now I just call you friend. And we talk to each other as a friend. Your friend, Jesus, wants to speak a fresh dream into your heart. You know, right now, 
things are, are converging in a wonderful way this weekend, and, and I'm so glad it's, it's SEU weekend, and we're getting to talk about that, and, and I'm so thankful for the way the Lord's moving in the, in the young adults in our community, and that we see that in the life, the life, the young adults, I want you to hear me, you bring so much wonderful life to our church. We need you. We need you to grab on and to pursue the dreams that God has for you in your hearts. Don't let them go. Pursue them. We need you. SEU is a wonderful step for that. A wonderful step is God puts the desires in your heart of a, of a ministry calling. Don't, don't shake that. Don't let that fall to the wayside. Run after that. Grab onto that. That is a dream from God. So we have that this weekend. We also, right now, our youth ministry is now competing at what is called fine arts. I didn't know anything about fine arts before I came to Ocean Church. I'm learning about fine arts. And so the, the gifts, the talents, the abilities in our youth ministry, they have been working and practicing. And this weekend, they are competing with other youth around the state and are doing great. Pastor Jonathan called, uh, called us yesterday and just let us know. So there's a certain qualifying that you have to get to before you go to, com- to compete like at a national level. And the, one of the teams that, that went and competed from Ocean Church did that. And they have qualified to compete at a national level. It's an awesome deal. Yeah, come on. And so we want to encourage that. You know, the, the enemy, the, the, the adversary to your soul and mine hates the dreams that God has placed in your heart. He hates it. He will do anything he can to convince you that, that those things are past. He will do anything he can to convince you to let it go, to let it drop. He continually works to, to work against God's dream that he has for your life. And so we, we're going to go through this series, and as we do, we're going to walk through the process that God walked Joseph through. Jo- God walked Joseph through a, a, just a process of testing were 10 specific tests that we see from the life of Joseph. Joseph was 17 years old when he received a dream from God. He was 30 when he saw it come to what we would look, like, look at and say, that's fruition. That is the dream that God gave him at 17. And so 13 years, there is this span that we see 10 character tests. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And what I want us to do and, and respond, for the next seven weeks, we are doing this in Cape Coral. We're doing it here in Estero. There's a board, a white board in the lobby. And as God begins to stir up dreams on your heart, you don't have to write your name on it, but I want to encourage you to write those dreams out because we want to walk by and every weekend that we go in, we want to pray over those dreams. We want to speak life over those dreams. The dream that God has for you, He has not forgotten. He has not let it go. And He wants to breathe life into that. And so out in the lobby, both here in Estero and in Cape Coral, and if you're online, you feel free, add that to the chat. We want to breathe life and pray over over the dreams that God's put in your heart. God gives dreams. 
The second thing that I want us to see is that the dreams that God has for us, they're, they're not your destiny. Your dreams are not your destiny. We look at this with the life of Joseph. So at 17, God gives him a dream. At age 30, he is walking in the fulfillment of that. And 30 is young. The older I get, the younger 30 looks. 30, he sees the fulfillment. So then what's next? If our focus is only our dreams and everything culminates with a dream and we think that is everything, then what happens after we see it fulfilled. God's destiny for your life is separate from your dream. His destiny is for you to know Him. His destiny is for you to know Him in the hard times, in the good times, that a depth is worked into you that separates you. And this is the next point about your dreams, that if, you're, if your dreams are not supported by your character, they will crush you. Your dreams without character will crush you. This is the process of God. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about this in, in Philippians chapter 3, and he, he, he is this man that, that has all kinds of titles, all kinds of learning to his name, all kinds of accolades, and, and he, he briefly goes through that, and, and then he just says, I count it all as loss. I count it all as garbage compared to the joy of knowing Christ. And he says, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You see, the destiny that God has for your life is that you would walk in his process. You would walk in this process of knowing him as you pursue your dreams and pursue what he has put in your heart. Those things that, that, that get us to this irrational place of faith. Get us to this irrational place of boldness to step out. Because we know that what is in us, I didn't put there myself, but I've heard from God. I didn't just create this myself, but I've walked through a process and God has been working on me. He has been moving in me and I see it and I'm willing to risk for it. I'm willing to step out for it. And so these tests that we're going to study are the tests that build our character. They're necessary for you and I to walk out these dreams that God has for us. Let's look at Genesis chapter 37. We're going to study the, the life of Joseph. And we're going to study these 13 years from age 17 through 30 and walk through each test. We'll pick it up in verse 1. It says, So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father has lived, had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers. Now, I want to stop there. So he's working for his brothers. Let's establish that. They are his bosses. The sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers, his older brothers, who were his boss or bosses, reported some of the bad things his brothers were doing. So we, we know he's got a, a little issue with tattletaling here. He's a snitch. Not a great start. Verse 3 says, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. 
So one day Jacob had a special gift made, a beautiful robe, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of him. They could not say a a kind word to him. This is not trending well. Verse 5 says, one night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, everyone say, not wise. (laughs) Why would you do this, man? They hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and all your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams. Look at this part. And the way he talked about them. So it's, it's not enough that Joseph just said, hey, I had a dream. Let me, tell me about, let me tell you about it. And this is what I think it means. That's one instance. But the word tells us he continued to talk about it. He continued to say, hey, Reuben, I know that I'm working for you right now. And you're my older brother and you're my boss. But I really want to talk and push into that dream I had the other night. Reuben, what do you think it's going to be like when you bow down to me? Reuben, are you going to be okay with that? I feel good about it. Are you good with it? It's not wise. Verse 9 says, Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. 17 years old receives a dream. Undoubtedly, these dreams are speaking to the call of leadership on his life. Undoubtedly, God was communicating to Joseph saying, there is a leadership call on your life. Undoubtedly, there was not character there to support that dream at this time. Immediately tells his brother, immediately tells his father. You know, the voice of a father is so needed and I love seeing how Israel or Jacob right here begins to to try to rein Joseph in. And there's a piece here that that I want to communicate because the church is not just meant to be a, a place where healing happens. And notice I said not just meant to be a place where healing happens because it should be a place where where the anointing and where a a motherly call, the place that, that we go to when we are hurting and we've gone through hard times, the place that we go to receive comfort and receive healing. But the church must also be the voice of a father saying, hey, you went through some hard times, but God's got more for you. I want you to get out there Let this go and do what God's called you to do. The church must have both anointings in operation. This is God's family. Not just a place of healing, but a place of sending. 
I'm so grateful for the voices of fathers in my life that haven't let me stay in places of pride and arrogance and let me stay in a place of immaturity where my character couldn't support the dreams that God had for my life. I've been desperate for the voices of a father saying, no, you're not going to live like that. No, that's unacceptable. You're going to let that go and you're going to pursue the high call of what God has for you. I'm sorry that that hurts, but it's time that you get going. The voice of a father. Jacob is trying to call him out of this place of pride and arrogance. The first test that we will walk through, and here's the wonderful thing about walking through these tests with the Lord. We don't just take them one time. We, we don't just take, and the first test is the, is the pride test. That's the first test that we're going to study. That's the first test that we walk through. But you know, you don't just take it one time. And here's the better part. God doesn't put F on your paper if you don't get it right. He puts incomplete. <laughs> He puts redo. He says, hey, you, you may have not got it right this time, but, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to take it again. Because I'm unwilling to walk you to a place of the fulfillment of your dreams until your character is strong enough to support it. The first test is the pride test. You know, for, for so many, like we see with Joseph, it's an issue that, that comes out through the mouth. And, uh, you know, there was a, a time a few years ago that, that I had been invited to this um, just, it was, a, it was a great honor. I got invited to a mentoring class with, a, with a, a really great man of God, and he was bringing in other great men of God, and we, we would sit for extended time. We're talking two, two and a half hours. And he would just share from his heart and talk very openly and plainly and just just investing in a number of young ministers. And as a young pastor, I got invited to it, and, and, I, and I was so excited to be there. And one of the first times, the first sessions, we were going around, and, and he was asking each one of us what we did. And I had served in, in kids' ministry. And that week, uh, I, was, I had actually been... Um, offered a position where, where I went from, from being a children's pastor to a campus pastor. And, and when you, you, know, you talk to other men and women of God, there's just, there can be this issue, and I had this issue, where campus pastor sounds a little better than children's pastor. In my heart, it just sounded, it just sounded like I was really moving up. And... Sadly, as we're going around the room, I'm wrestling with this in my mind. And so I'm sitting in my chair. I'm like, well, do I say that I'm a children's pastor? Do I say I'm a campus pastor? I'm not officially a campus pastor yet. But you know, he probably should know. He probably would want to know. He would want to know what's happening. And I sat there. And, and you know, like when the Holy Spirit's just kind of dealing with you, like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's going to get ugly. And so then it got to my turn, and I said, uh, yeah, you know, I'm Josh, and, and I'm, a, I'm a campus pastor at this campus. And I said it. And as soon as I said it, inside I went, oh, why did I do that? And he, he graciously just kind of nodded and went on. But I'm telling you, 
Internally, I felt just gross. I felt yuck. Because pride needs and looks, searches, pushes for a voice. Pride wants a voice. Pride that's down in our heart, listen, it doesn't stay there. It looks for a voice. And while we have to deal with the mouth, because the mouth usually expresses, I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 12, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if there is pride in our heart, like it or not, it's going to come out. You know, it's, it's so interesting, you know, talking with different ones, and especially in church world, you meet with people and, and, and you get things like, man, man, I know I have a, I have a leadership call on my life. I just, I just need some leaders underneath me. Okay. I know I have a pastoral call. I just need the right position to be able to walk in my ministry and so that you will be blessed by my ministry. Pride needs a voice. You know, Solomon said in Proverbs 17, he said, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. But that still doesn't deal with the root. You know, the root of pride is insecurity. The root of pride is this place in our heart where we have not relinquished control. And so if it's going to happen in my life, if my dreams are going to advance, if I'm going to get closer to the place that I know that I'm supposed to be, well, I got to grind and I got to make it there. I got to network and I got to make this thing happen. Instead of knowing the most wonderful place to be is to be able to walk into a room and be in that room should simply be a blessing. You see, the kingdom functions differently. The heart of God functions differently. It's not how many people that I can have underneath me. It's how many people that I can serve. The kingdom of God does not function. We do not advance by how many people I have following me. It's how many people that I have submitted myself to as we are called to do one to another, the fathers in our life that they would know and the ultimate father that he would know our heart as submitted and clean before him. The last thing that I want us to see about pride is pride places us in opposition with God. James chapter 4 Verse 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I want to give you a picture of what that is and what that looks like. And I pray that you never, ever forget it. Because the, the grace that God has for us when we walk in a place of humility is similar. And it's like a football play. And, and if you've played football, you know the blessing it is to have a blocker ahead of you. I graduated at like 130 pounds. I remember it said 130 on the, the roster. And I remember thinking like, they think I'm 130. This is awesome. I was late to the growth spurts. And uh, I loved, anytime I got to run the ball, I wanted a lead blocker. I didn't try to take on linemen by myself. I ducked behind my lead blocker and followed my lead blocker. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
He is the lead blocker as we follow Him through life. What is He doing? He is making a way where there is no way. He is making our dreams come to pass and the destiny that He has for us will be worked in us as we submit ourselves to Him and we walk in a place of humility. He is that lead blocker that is safe to follow. But if we step and we, we, we take another position and we say, no, I got this. And we lean into to who we are and say, it's okay. I, I, I've got it now. I see it. I can get it. I recognize my ability and my gifting. I can go after this myself. Then what happens is he goes from being the lead blocker to on the other side of the line. And now you don't have God as your lead blocker. Now you have him in opposition to you. And you will go nowhere with God in opposition to you. Pride places us in opposition to God. And we see this with Joseph. And so you say, well, Pastor Josh, how do, how do we deal with the root? How do I get to the root of insecurity? We look to Jesus. You know, it's very interesting. In Matthew 4, Satan is tempting Jesus, and two times he asks them the question, if you are the Son of God, not one time did Jesus say, yes, I'm the Son of God. Stop asking me that question. I know who I am. Don't you know who I am? There was nothing in him that, that he knew. that he, he didn't have anything to prove. He didn't have to prove who he was. He was secure in his obedience to the Father. Obedience to the call of God. Obedience in walking in humility knowing that the seat that you're in, you're not there because of your talent, your ability, your charisma, knowing that I am in this seat because God has placed me in here. God has placed me here, and so, therefore I have nothing to lose because I didn't put myself here. But if we're in a seat and we know that we got there by our our strategy and our striving and our, our grinding and trying to do it our way, man, that's an uncomfortable place to be. Because then you got to stay there by your strength and your strategy and your striving. Jesus never walked around proving who he was. He didn't have to. He simply obeyed the Father. He said things like, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear my Father say. This is Jesus, the Son of God. And you know what? His Spirit is there to transform the insecure heart that you and I have. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says it this way, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. There is a place of security that God has for us. There is a place of confidence that He has for us, a place of humility going, Lord, everything I have in this life is Yours. The job that I'm in, the relationships that surround me. Lord, I'm in the place I'm in because of 
obedience to you. And maybe you're in a place and you say, I got here on my own doing and my own striving, and I, and, I, and I know that. Well, then it's time for you to relinquish control. You say, well, how, how do you deal with pride? Do you, do you just, you know, cast it out? No, you got to kill it. You can't, you can't be easy with pride. You got to be ruthless with pride. Holy Spirit, here I am. Would you go to the root, that place of insecurity that is keeping me from the growth that that you want to work in my character? And he's faithful to do that. We're going to pray dangerous prayers in this series. Dangerous prayers of, of going, God, would you go to the deepest part of me, would you remove that root of pride, that insecure place that I think I have to do it on my own? Would you speak to the fear that's there? And you know what? He's faithful to do that. I want you to bow your heads today as we pray. If you're online, we want to pray with you. You know, the first place of security that God has for us today is that we would know Him as our Savior. That we would know that we had surrendered in a way that we're no longer leading our lives. His dream for you is there, but it requires you and I letting go of what our way thinks that we have to have. I want you to know that his dream is so much better than any dream that you can come up with on your own. So I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you online. I want to pray for you in the room that your hearts would be open for God to stir up his dreams on the inside of you. And as he does, that we would be open-hearted saying, God, would you deal with the root of pride? Would you deal with these places that are keeping me and keeping your character from being worked into me. So Father, I thank you for courage over every single one today. God, thank you for the dreams that you have for them. God, thank you for the, Lord, the the life change that's represented by their obedience. Lord, we speak against the voice of the enemy that would try to crush and to keep those dreams and keep them from being walked out. Lord, we speak against that right now. Lord, we're not going to let your dreams die. We're going to pick them up and we're going to run with what you called us to do. So Lord, I thank you for fresh life. Thank you for fresh courage, God. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. God, thank you. We don't have to do it on our own. We don't have to strive and make it in our way, but God, we can, Lord, release this to you, taking a step of trust, saying, Jesus, be my Savior, lead my life. And Lord, we worship you, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.